All right. Are you tired of progressive corporations and exhausted trying to keep up with all the virtue signaling when you're simply trying to buy products? Progressive corporate America continues to push messaging that further alienates conservative Americans, all while ending the future of the American dream. Are you tired of this? At what point are you done giving to these companies that do not care about you? At some point, we have to fight back. And that's why I love my people over at Public Square. It's simple. Join the movement of millions of patriotic Americans who love truth, our country, and our Constitution at publicsq.com. Public Square is an app and website where you can get connected to tens of thousands of businesses from all different industries that share your value for life, family, and freedom. Whether you're looking to simply buy children's clothing, find new athletic clothing that knows what a woman actually is, shop for clean skin care, or find a new restaurant in your community that won't lecture you about your political views, publicsq.com is your resource. Public Square also offers discounts to many high-quality businesses on the platform so that you can actually receive incentive for spending money with companies that don't hate you. Public Square is free to join as a consumer or business owner, and you can get started today at publicsq.com. Download the app now. That's publicsq.com, publicsq.com. All right, what's going on, America? And welcome to a new episode of Dear America. We have Pastor David Englehart here with one of the coolest last names uh, that I have ever heard in my life. And I want to talk to you so badly because you are not just a, uh, a, a pastor, but you're also a lawyer. And so I really want to get your opinions on some things, not only from a biblical perspective, but also from a legal perspective perspective. Um, so first of all, how are you today? I'm doing good, Graham. We are, uh, here in the belly of the beast, downtown Manhattan. It is, um, as chaotic as ever and criminal or crime filled as ever because our leaders, um, want votes and they don't care about justice, but that's a different (laughs) podcast episode, I think. Yeah. That, I feel like we could talk for forever about that. Um, okay. I want to talk to you about the biblical side. It's the end of Pride Month or, you know, less than like 36 hours at the time of this recording. Um, And I want to talk to you about the evil that is running rampant in our society. But but, but, but specifically right this second, I want to speak to the lawyer side of you really quick. So the past couple days, we've seen all of these insane, and I mean absolute insane videos of grown adults. Uh, I I believe that uh, they had a lesbian event in New York City where they were all running around topless in the water and there were children around and stuff. And then we saw in Seattle uh, a bunch of grown men fully nude genitalia just everywhere in front of children. So my question to you is this, from a legal standpoint, isn't that indecent exposure? Like, like how are they, how are they even getting away with that in the first place? Yeah. I mean, certainly it's, there are laws on the books that we've had for 
over 100 years, in some cases, hundreds of years that criminalize that kind of behavior. Uh, believe it or not, I mean, there's still laws in some states that criminalize sodomy. But as we as a city, as we as a country have moved away from caring about moral laws, um, the, the police don't don't arrest because the prosecutors won't convict. And every, you know, everybody has incentive. Everybody in the, in the system has incentive. And sometimes it usually it works. Uh, but um, the police don't want to spend their time arresting or investigating if they're not going to get a conviction and prosecutors won't convict. And so as the morals, we morals have broken down in our society, the people that are supposed to fundamentally hold moral order, which are the, the, the enforcers, the police, the people that enforce laws literally as they don't do it, then we have, you know, anarchy in a society and it breaks down. And, you know, last night, literally, my wife had her purse stolen sitting at a Starbucks. We live here. We live in New York City. We're wow. not we're not tourists. Um, and the and the police, they won't come. Why? Because they don't deal with they're like, who cares? It's a person that has money. They're going to buy a new purse. They're going to get new credit cards. Not a big deal. And they literally won't come. And it's not like they're you know they're saving somebody from a burning building at the time. You know, I walk across the street to um, a block away, and there's like four or five guys standing around. They're like, "Well, that side is not our jurisdiction." So, you know, it's wow. they they choose what to enforce, and that's why a whole nation needs to turn back to God. You know, and you know this, Graham, as well as I. It's like, do we need new laws? Well, we need to enforce the laws we have, right? Do we need a, do we need new ideas? No, we need to apply. Chesterton says the issue with Christianity, it's not that it's been tried and found wanting. It's that it's been tried and found difficult. So left alone. And that's the truth. I mean, we need to apply what we've had, the constructs that we've been given, the order that we've been given. And we need good, godly prosecutors. We need Christians to go to law school. We need Christians in these positions so we can be salt and light and preserve a society. Salt is a preservative agent. So the society doesn't rot and it is rotting in places, especially in, in urban central centers like New York City. Last Sunday, you know, we had Pride Parade marching over New York City and my church, we were in the subways preaching uh, the gospel. And I was talking expressly about the sins of pride and the sins of sexual anarchy and rejecting God's sexual order and natural order. And it was intimidating. But if the church doesn't stand up and declare it to the world, what, you know, we're going to allow a, a march of 10,000 people or more marching through the city, declaring their moral ethic, and the church is going to be hidden away inside the church and do nothing. I mean, we have to declare God's order. Paul says, you know, there must be a preacher or else how will the word be promulgated? Right. And so um, there are a lot of solutions, obviously. But yes, to your fundamental question. Yeah, there are laws. There is order. And we have rejected those laws. We've rejected that order. When you're a voice for change in a country that's turned its back on its values, it takes a special kind of company to have the fortitude to stand with you while you're out there taking the arrows. That's why I'm proud to stand with Pure Talk. Veteran-owned, and they have 100% American workforce, and they 100% have my back while I'm out there fighting the battles that most people would throw me away and never, ever, ever sponsor us again. So why partner with companies that spit in the face of your values every single day, like AT&T, Verizon, and T-Mobile? Mix and match your plans to fit every person in your family right now by going to Pure Talk. Choose from talk, text, 5G data for just 20 bucks a month, all the way up to unlimited data with mobile hotspot for... <gasps> 
55 bucks a month. Remember, you vote with how you spend your money. So stop supporting woke wireless companies that don't support you. Instead, go to puretalk.com and use promo code Graham and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month because they actually value you. Enjoy your great coverage and save while doing it. Go to puretalk.com and use promo code G-R-A-H-A-M. That's puretalk.com, promo code Graham. Speaking of laws and enforcement, uh, you you were talking about how you were there peacefully uh, speaking on the word of God in direct contention or uh, direct, um, uh, honestly, uh, not physical altercation, but 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 moral altercation to the pride event that was going on. I'm surprised you weren't arrested. Have you seen that video? Actually, there's multiple videos now of street preachers preaching against on public yeah. property, on the sidewalk, being arrested by police. Yes. And look, no, nobody is more pro-police than me. I, you know, we have charity mm-hmm. foundations for police and things like that. Of course. What is going on with Christianity? Because this is what it feels like to me. And I'm not a preacher, and I'm not a pastor, I don't have a church. This is just me, you know, th- th- seeing what I see. It seems like we have, in my opinion, this 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 evil this sickness that is this lgbtq gender fluidity you can be whatever you want to be and it's purely sexual in nature i don't care what they say it absolutely is right right but 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 it seems like that has more power and authority than christianity does yeah and i think part of the reason graham is just that christianity is not declared in the nation. And, and, and what, by that, I mean, Jesus said that we're to be the light of the world and we are generally the light of the church. Uh, the light of the world is the world re- representing the secular world, the world that is not the kingdom of heaven. And the church is not the light of the world unless it shines into the world. It can't be the light if it's just declaring all of our great truths, even our conservative values, even when we have brilliant argumentation, like if it's not declared in the culture to the culture, we're not anymore the light of the world. And I think for a long time, the church hasn't been the light of the world. I mean, John Wesley, he was preaching so aggressively against sin and chaos. He, all the churches kicked him out. I think that was the grace of God because then he was preaching out in the fields and then he could be the light of the world. And then we had the great awakening, you know, in the 1700s because he's outside declaring. And so the sexual anarchists is what I like to call them, right? The moral anarchists, those people are declaring out in the public square, their beliefs, both digitally and actually physically outside. And so to your policing question, uh, I don't think police in general, care too much as an order of first priority about Christianity. I think they primarily care about stopping conflict, right? Stopping because they understand orders of priority. So they're trying to deescalate. And sometimes really simply, um, you need permits to, for instance, have like a, a, a magnifying vocal electronic device and somebody doesn't have a permit. And the cop's like, well, I can deal with this conflict. I can feel a conflict that's about to explode. So I'm just going to, this guy's not following some kind of simple permitting or this area of the city, you have to have a busking permit or whatever it is. I find that most of the time, the path of least resistance is somebody's breaking an infraction and it's not necessarily a direct free speech violation. Um, sometimes it is. And those, those are, again, cops that are trying to deescalate situations and not saying, you know what? 
with freedom comes danger. Our constitution allows for freedom. And sometimes that's going to come with a, a, a hostile environment. We have to actually let that happen. And we're going to stand on the outside in case it overflows. And so there's a very delicate balance. But you know this, our nation is becoming so polarized. Thank God that light is so much clearer and darkness is so much darker that those forces are going to bang into each other. And who will win? Oh, we're, we're deciding that right now. Who will stand? Who will declare? We're deciding that right now. And, and as it happens more, I think police will figure out how to deal with those situations. Yeah, no, no, I agree. Let, let, let's jump into the, to, to the Christian side of this argument here. Um, yeah. Because as I said, I'm not a pastor, uh, I'm not a preacher, but, but I am a Christian. And, and I had this really, honestly, I feel like God kind of gave me this revelation one day that, you know, as Christians, we need to redefine what we view as ministry in 2023. And what I mean by that is, is, is most people, when you're like, Hey, you know, this is my ministry. Most people think of, you know, evangelist, church, missionary, uh, you know, uh, nonprofit organization, feeding, uh, feed, feeding the hungry and, and sheltering the homeless, et cetera. That's what most people think of, including the church. But, but I truly believe that in honestly the past several years, but especially right now, I would say that this has been the most evil pride month that I've, I've witnessed. Now I'm only 36 years old, Mm -hmm. but, but, but it just really seems like things are starting to really get out of control. I would argue that we have people and and people don't like the prophet word. Like they don't like that. Like, like like that weirds people off. But, but, but in the Bible times, prophets were no more than people saying, Hey, this is wrong. Hey, do you see what's going on? Hey, you guys need to stop this and turn around and repent from this and turn back to God. That's right. And they were not That's liked right. people. And so I believe that in 2023, you have people that are fighting these battles, but the church has yep. kind of left these people out alone uh, mm-hmm. to, to take the arrows for, for such a long time. My question to you is this. The church is so quick to point out, you know, like, like, like the main keys, right? You're not tithing enough. Uh, don't cheat on your spouse. Uh, don't right, watch right. pornography. Uh, love mm-hmm. your neighbor as thyself. But how is sexual perversion in the LGBTQIA plus whatever community, how is that any different? Why are churches so afraid to tackle head on? How can, how can pastors, and I know current companies excluded, but how can pastors across America look out and say to a man and a woman in a heterosexual relationship, you can't do any type of sexual immorality and completely whiff over the people that rightfully should be in the church that are in sexual sin and just completely whiff over it. Well, Congress once again allowed itself to be pushed into appeasing the administration and raising the debt ceiling for the 79th time, paving the way for continued reckless spending and further de-evaluation of the dollar. As our national debt continues to skyrocket, how are you protecting your savings? Times like these are a great reminder to diversify a portion of your savings into gold, silver, and precious metal, and that's why I use my friends at Birch Gold. It's super easy. It's super simple. All you have to do is text the word GRAHAM, that's G-R-A-H-A-M, 
989898 to get your free info kit on how to convert an existing IRA, 401k, or simply some of your savings into gold, silver, and precious metals. To protect yourself in Biden's economy, you have to do what you have to do, and free information is vital information. Text the word Graham, that's G-R-A-H-A-M, to 989898 right now. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously this is a tiered we got here by degrees. We got here by a pathway. Uh, Graham, I was talking to a friend four years ago when I first started my church, and I was I was walking through the scripture, and I was reading from Genesis chapter 12 to Genesis chapter uh, 24, 25, which is the life of Abram, uh, Abram to Abraham. And um, I said to my buddy, hey, so I'm spending three weeks in Sodom, and I'm talking about the sin of Sodom for for three weeks, homosexuality, all this kind of stuff. And he said, I can't believe you would do that from the pulpit. He's like, I don't know. I, he just, it was my, he was my age. He was a peer. He was a friend, kind of grew up in the same cloth. And his, his position was, you don't talk about those things on a Sunday morning. They're too offensive. They're too delicate. They're too private. Christians shouldn't talk about these kind of private issues. And so, again, we have a tiered set of issues. First of all, the churches generally stop talking about sexuality from the pulpit. They've said sexual, sexual issues are not really our issues. I, I think, actually, frankly, it started with... Um, contraception. The church just got super confused about contraception. So it's like, well, we're not going to talk about sex. Well, in the 1940s and 50s, when the contraception is really gaining ground, uh, it was primarily a marital discussion, a marital issue. Now, for the history of mankind, man has used forms of contraception, which are following ovulation cycles or not following ovulation cycles, ways that you know, people say, no, it's totally fine. You can help, you know, figure out what you're going to do with children. But actually the blockade of producing children, I'm as a woman going to be on a, I'm not a woman, obviously, I'm going to be on a pill and stop my ovulation cycle for the rest of my life until I decide. The Catholic church went ballistic about, um, about that issue. And they said, what's going to happen in the church. They said this in the forties and fifties, well, fifties mainly it's going to happen. in The churches, we're going to, we're going to not deal with this issue of contraception. Then we're not going to deal with divorce and then no fault divorce will become rife among the United States. And then after no fault divorce happens, then homosexuality will be pervasive and marriage will be accepted. I was talking to a guy in the nineties, late nineties. I'm not that old, but I was, I think I was 18 or 19 years old and he was laying out exactly how it happened. And I'm like, holy cow, this is exactly the pathway. Why don't they talk about homosexuality? Because they weren't talking about all of the other important issues at the time. Like, so now it passes and now churches are like, maybe they'll mention something like homosexuality is not a great idea, but they won't talk about transgenderism because they're afraid to talk about the primary issue. Now you talked about prophets earlier and Jonah is a prophet and it's called to Nineveh to tell a, a secular nation, not an Israelite nation to turn from their wickedness. He doesn't want to. So he runs away. His name means dove. I think it, it represents the delicate nature of the church and they don't want to confront people. It's not, it's not about the, the dove. It's not about the symbolic 
element of purity because swans are, are white as well, but they're aggressive creatures. Doves are not aggressive. They're easily scared. They're very cagey. The church has been like that. And the Lord's like, I know, you know, you love me and you love my way, but I've also called you into Nineveh, super dark place, to declare my truth and tell them my judgment is coming upon them if they don't. And frankly, Graham, that's where you guys like you and Charlie and our other friends that are like, they're actually prophets. They're saying, if you don't change, we're all going to die. Socialism is going to come. That When that happens, 40 million of us die. That's called judgment. That's what that's called. And so the prophetic voice is not existent strongly, let me say it that way, in the church right now. Uh, there are definitely elements, but we've left declaring God's judgment. And judgment is really simple. It's like, if you have a cancer cell in the body, that's you have to eradicate the cell or else it's going to destroy the whole corpus. And so if you're afraid to, to talk to your patient about that cancer cell, you're an evil doctor. You're a very evil doctor. If you're like, I don't, I'm too sensitive and I don't want to right. bring it up, it's going to, it's going to affect our relationship. You know, it's going to be awkward. There's going to be awkward tension. Well, they're going to die if you don't. And that's going to be on you, which is why, you know, Old Testament talks about the watcher on the wall. And it says to the watcher, if you don't, if you see the enemy coming and you don't say something, the blood is on your head. Right. If you do say something, even if they don't listen, you're you're okay. You're, the guilt is not on your head anymore. But you yeah. have an obligation to declare something. What's going on, everybody? I want you to stop drinking communist coffee. I want you to switch to America's coffee, blackriflecoffee.com. It's very simple. You can spend the rest of your life drinking frou-frou drinks for anti-American communist pieces of garbage. Or you can drink America's coffee and support my friends of over 10 years at BlackRifleCoffee.com. Go get America's coffee. Fuel up on freedom. BlackRifleCoffee.com right now. Yeah, it's more the, uh, it's the, uh, who's worse, the one who does evil or the good man who sees evil and has the ability to stop it and does, yes. does nothing. Yes. Um, okay. Yes. So we got a hard out today, uh, but, but I want to get your final opinions on this. Some of the biggest arguments I have right, right now, and we've got about four minutes here is, uh, Christians telling other Christians that, that 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 you're being too confrontational and 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 you shouldn't you shouldn't do these things like you shouldn't show the evils that are going on you shouldn't call it yeah. out because all you're doing is being divisive. What is the line for for Christians being you know what, what is the line? Yeah, I mean if we if I don't show you the evil you won't believe me. You'll tell me oh well that's not happening here or it's not rampant everywhere. If I ignore the evil then the evil continues to spread. What's the line mm -hmm. we have to walk uh, as Christians in in calling out evil for what it is? And you got three minutes. Yeah, I mean I think the. I think the first issue, Graham, is biblical illiteracy. You can't read Jesus and think that he's a hippie with a lamb. And we know this. You can't yeah. read his sayings. And he tells people to buy swords. He tells people parables where the master chops up the bad guys or tortures them or casts them into it. You can't read the Bible and, and say, yeah, there's, there's no time to say anything tough because you're not then following Jesus. You're then following your own ideas. You're an idolater in the sense that you've made God into whatever you feel like he should be. So I think biblical literacy is a big deal. I think the cultural battle uh, about persuading one another uh, is significant. And you and I talked about this, I think, a year ago. But Sodom means place of burning and Gomorrah means place of flooding. 
they're both natural forces that if they're unchecked, they spread naturally throughout all of the land. You drop a a match, you know, in the woods, it's going to spread. And if we don't, as believers, stand up and declare God's order and become banks of the river or have fire extinguishers out, it will naturally spread. It will turn from pride week to pride month to pride summer to pride year to pride America all the time because it is of the nature of sin. Sodom means burning. Gomorrah means flooding. The sexual sin has a nature to flood everyone. That's why Genesis 19 and Judges 19 say every man and boy in the city was engaged in this. It says they all came out to commit these heinous acts because that's the nature. And so we must, as Christians, stand up and confront on biblical accounts. And we can be kind about it, but we can also be devastatingly logical and say, this is what the scripture says. It says there's eternal judgment attached to this. So you better open your eyes up. So kindness, but also truth and wisdom and, and strength. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And oftentimes those that don't want to hear the truth, uh, mislabel it purposefully as acts of aggression and altercation. Pastor David, where can people go to support your ministry, to support what you do? Yeah, we, uh, church website is kcnyc.org and you can follow our podcast and listen to our messages. Uh, and then I'm mostly on Instagram, Engelhart, um, underscore ESQ. You can find me on the turning point faith pages and, uh, and then uh, other places on social media. All right, Pastor David, as always, it is a pleasure. That is all we have for this episode of the Dear America podcast, and we'll see you all again next time.